then a friend of mine at lunch one day said, why don't you open up your own business? And I told him he was crazy because I had never, ever even thought about it. I'd never taken a business class. I'd never been interested in business. Welcome to Her Money Club Stories. We do not talk about budgets, retirement, or the hustle and grind here. We talk about money, time, and energy freedom. We are here to reimagine our relationship with money, to collaborate and celebrate other women who are doing the same. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to explore your passions and monetize your skills and talents and what lights you up? Can you even make money and a living living that kind of life? You can. Her Money Club allows you to explore all of the possibilities to create the time, money, and joy your heart desires deep down. Tune in as we guide you in reimagining your relationship with money. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. The intention for these amazing, beautiful discussions is to collect women's stories of how they've overcome the various challenges related to money and life and the journey that unfolds. And with us today, we have a very special guest, someone that I've known for a little while and watched her as she has had her own business journey. I've been a part of some of her um, courses and programs, and I am really delighted to share Cara with you. And if you want to just share a little bit about what you do for work and also how you got into business, I think is a really fun story. Okay. Um, I'm Caro. My full name is Ana Carolina Francisca Mary Letelier because I am from Chile, from South America. <laughs> I'll let you say it. <laughs> but you can call me Caro. Um, and I have a Spanish language school for adult Spanish learners. So that is what I do. I've been in business for 15 years. Um, in 2005, I decided to make a change. I had been in hospitality for about 12 years and I always thought I would do that forever. Um, and then I got married and I just didn't want to work every weekend, every holiday, every summer anymore. And I decided I wanted to get out of hospitality, but I didn't have a plan B because I loved hospitality. So I was working, um, I was trying a bunch of different jobs for like a year and a half. And then um, the last job I had, I was working at Stu Siegel Productions, which was a production company here in San Diego that made movies and um, TV shows and stuff. And I was working there and I really hated my job so much. And I hadn't found anything in a year and a half that I actually was passionate about. And for me, now I know this is not the case for everybody. For me, I feel that I need to be passionate about what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm making a million dollars. If I hate it, I'm not going to do it. So that was really important to me. And I hated this job. And a friend of mine at lunch one day said, why don't you open up your own business? And I told him he was crazy because I had never, ever even thought about it. I'd never taken a business class. I'd never been interested in business, like ever. Um, so then lunch was over. I went back to my job. My boss called people, called the assistants by numbers. She refused to learn their names. Wow. So at that point, she just said it one more time. It was like when she said, hey, number three, come over here. And I was like, I can't work for a person like this. I can't work like this. And I didn't like the job itself anyway. So I said, all right. I sat down. I wrote a list. On one side, it was 
things that I like to do, things that I enjoy. And then the other side was a list of skills that I have. And it's funny because I forgot to add Spanish until like an hour later. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I speak Spanish fluently. It's my first language. I've been a Spanish tutor in the past. So I added it and um, I started doing some random little things like um, personal assistant. Uh, I was dog walking, which I loved because I love dogs, um, all kinds of things. And then like a week later, I put an ad on Craigslist to teach Spanish. And I got my first student. He was going to Chile, which is where I'm from. And I really liked it. And then I got a second student and then I got a third student and I started to love it. So honestly, I completely fell into it. It's not something I thought I'd want to do. I didn't enjoy tutoring and tutoring is very different from teaching. With tutoring, you're going over something that someone has a problem with. So you're trying to explain something to them that, that is challenging to them. Whereas actually teaching a language is just a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's how I fell into it. Mm, I love it. Crazy. And, <laughs> and how powerful to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do the thing. And then like, it's working, it's working, it's yeah. working. And like, it's just, you know, kind of snowballing. So that yeah. kind of um, leads me into, and you can share, you know, as, as little or as much of this as you want from a journey perspective. One of the biggest um, questions or problems that I see with a lot of women who are, are looking to transition into getting into business for themselves, getting out of their corporate job that they hate because that happens a lot, mm -hmm. but also as they transition, figuring out like that secret sauce, right? Like what is it that magnetizes them to attract the clients to really be in the energy of like, I love this. I can show up to this every day, no matter, you know, even if you spend 10 hours doing it or four hours doing it, it's just really like allowing you to thrive. So for you, how do you feel like that journey went and how long did it take before you found your secret sauce? I feel that with PBO, Pura Buena the name of the school, I feel like there's two secret sauces. And the first one, I feel like I found it immediately, which was that we built a community. And that felt beautiful to me. And I wanted to be a part of this own community that I had created. And that made me want to be involved and do more for the students and spend more time with them and give everything that I could. Um, that I felt was the, the, the first secret sauce was, well, hiring really good people. Like, first of all, that is like one of the most important things you can possibly do. Our interview process is really long, like really, really, really long. We, um, because we do for teachers, right? Like teachers for teachers. Them. Yeah. Yeah. We do two interviews and then, um, one in Spanish, one in English, because we want to know how good their English is. And we have them observe two classes and teach two or three classes. So it's kind of a long process, um, but looking for the right people, super important. Um, and our admin team as well, like just having people, I don't need people that are the most experienced in the field. What I need are people with a really good attitude. Like I find that that's the most important thing. Um, and then community, as I mentioned, was really, really important. Um, and there was one other thing that I wanted to mention and it just completely went out of my head. But anyway, if I remember, I'll come back to that. So that was like the first part of the secret sauce, right? It was kind of like the foundation. Um, and then many years later, I just found the other secret sauce, um, 
which was going to help financially. So our school has been interesting. We've had two very different types of successes. For the first 12 years, I've been in business for 15 years. For the first 12 years of the business, the successes were, we had five stars on Yelp, for example. And we've been able to maintain that for 15 years, which is pretty amazing. Um, excellent reviews on Google. People who are so, so loyal that they tell everybody the word of mouth, like, you know, your school is so great. This is exactly how I want my friends to learn Spanish. We had that. We always had that from the very beginning. Oh, customer service was the other thing. That was the other secret sauce. I came from five star or four and a half star hotel. Um, and that's where I learned customer service skills. And I just feel that making people feel really important is important to me. I want to feel important. If I go into a business, you know, there's, you can shop at Nordstrom or you can shop at Macy's. I don't know if I should be saying these names, but I am. But, you know, when you walk into Nordstrom, they're so nice. They bend over backwards to help you. And even though Macy's may sometimes have better pricing or whatever, I prefer to go to Nordstrom because they're nicer. And customer service is really important to me. So that is what we had. Um, and then fast forward 12 years and I started working with a business coach, which is one of the best things that I could do. So I worked with a business coach. I went to someone who could mentor me that was ahead of me. I also hired a marketing person. I did not have a marketing person the first 12 years. I did all the marketing and I knew nothing about marketing. We did okay. <laughs> we survived somehow. <laughs> but I hired a marketing person and those two things were amazing. And then the biggest secret sauce for my business personally um, was the memberships. We transitioned into memberships um, Instead right of after COVID. Packages or like, okay. Yeah. So when you have packages, when you sell packages for, for language school, or I would think many courses, if you sell a package, people are going to buy that package. Let's say it's an eight week package. And then they have to decide, am I going to continue or not? Decision point, yeah. Exactly. And if they have a membership, there's, the decision is, do I stop doing this versus do I continue? Mm -hmm. So that's been really important. And not just for us financially as, as a company, but for the students too, because when you're learning a language, you really need to be consistent. So, excuse me. So if you are constantly starting and stopping, you're not getting any momentum. So you're frustrated because your Spanish isn't getting any better. And you're, you're taking this break, which is really difficult for the company as well, because you, you're constantly, constantly, constantly having to bring new people in to make up for those people. And then they want to come back and there's no space. And it's all, it's, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So memberships, very important for us. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. What um, have you found like from a support lens of having systems and processes that support you as the person kind of at the helm of running everything? What has been like the secret sauce for you there? I, I'm pretty good with working out systems. That's something that I have, I'm skilled at doing. So I've been able to do that from the beginning, which has been great. Um, recently, a lot of, a lot more systems are being automated, which is something that we didn't do at the beginning at all. At the beginning, it was hard for me to let go of not being the one to take care of this, this student in every way, shape and form, because I came from, I was the VIP manager at Hotel Dell. My guests were celebrities, dignitaries, you know, sports 
people, all that. So my job was to build that super close connection. And I brought that with me to my business and it's just not sustainable in that type of a business. It's just not. So um, the systems have been really important and we're still, we have a lot to work on still, honestly, in, in that in that regard, I want to find that exact middle ground where we have these systems in place that are more automatic and still give really good customer service. So it is something that's something that we're still working on. Yeah. And you hit on something that I want to acknowledge, because I think this is something that we learn much later on in the business journey, where it's, there's always something to work on. There is no mm-hmm. end destination where it's like all figured out and all good. And like, everything is, you know, roses and butterflies. And for me, this has been kind of like a recent in the last year thing that I've recognized, like, okay, this is just going to continue to happen. Like there's always going to be something else that comes up and like that I want to grow into. And I think that's just the name of the game with growth, but, um, what has been your, and so kind of coming back to the question here, what has been your experience with how you delegate because I think a lot of people struggle with this like how do I delegate especially the pieces that I'm good at right and maybe you figured out maybe you haven't but I'm just curious like what you what you found well in comparison to where I started 15 years ago which was I will not delegate anything no one can do this better than I can um I actually I was working with one of our teachers and we happened to have lunch at the same day and this was when we were brick and mortar And we had lunch together every day for like two, three years. And he went to business school. I did not. So he was coming at it. So the reason he wanted to work with us is because he wanted to open up his own language school in the future. And he wanted, he was looking for a mentor. And it's funny because we ended up being each other's mentors because I had the experience from doing it. He had the experience from learning it. So one day he just looked at me and he said, there are people who can do it better than you. (laughs) And I was like, no, there are not. I was so angry. I was so mad. I was like, how dare you say that? No one will ever do it better than I do. Um, And I always remember, I don't even know if he knows what an impact that conversation had on us. But a couple of years later, I had to because we were growing. And I thought this was honestly, I'll be honest with you. I did not think this was going to last. When I started doing this, I thought this is what I'm going to do. This is not plan B. This is plan A point two, while I figure out what plan B is, I didn't think it was going to turn into a thing. I really didn't. So (laughs) I had to start delegating. And I think that for me, instead of hiring people for specific positions, I hire people and then I see what they're really good at. And then I give them what is suitable to them. That has been extremely helpful for me. And I happen I I happen to work with a team that is ridiculously amazing. I I don't know. I've done something amazing on this earth to deserve them because otherwise I don't know how I would have ended up with such a good group of people. But really, truly, I seek them out for what they like and what they're good at and give those things to them. So in one way, I have come a really, really long way with delegating because now I love to delegate. I'm always looking for people. Who can I delegate this? Who can I delegate this to? But I'm still stuck on doing certain things myself because I want to be part of the community and maybe I'll never let that go. There may be, and maybe that's holding me back from being the best entrepreneur in the world, you know, and maybe I'm working too much 
in my business versus on my business. But this started as like a, a project of love. Like it came from such a beautiful place that I want to continue to be a part of it, but I still need to figure out how to delegate some other things that I really enjoy doing. So I yeah. love you made me realize something in this conversation too, is I was really good at delegating in my corporate job where I had nine employees and could delegate. But the difference between that and now that I have two employees and it's hard for me to delegate is the difference of how much love and attention I want to put towards something over here in corporate life. I could care less. I'm like, I'll just delegate it all. Like then I don't even have to do it. Exactly. Whatever. I'll manage the process. But over here, it's like, I, to your point, I really want to be a part of yeah. this journey and I want to be connected. And I, when I delegate, I feel like maybe somehow I'm not connected. So like the meaning we're making of these things is really powerful to understand like how we can delegate but then also stay connected and and keeping some of those pieces because you don't want to lose touch with where Mm -hmm. people in the community are and I love that you built a community around this because that was the game changer for me too is having community allowed me to have this sounding board constantly of where we're going together collectively and you know I can still speak into that possibility of how much further we get to go together so yeah, having community is super powerful. On along that lens, I'm curious, this is probably super technical and logistics, but like where is your community held and how do you engage with your community? Um, social media is one place. So in Facebook, we have La Conversación del Día, which basically means the conversation of the day. So each teacher that wants to be a part of it Um, and they get paid extra if they do, Um, they go in one day a week and they pose a question to the students and then they correct yesterday's questions. So, and they respond to the question as well. So the students are getting to know the teacher better because the teacher is responding to these totally random questions like, what did you do Memorial Day weekend? Or what were you like as a kid? Or, you know, are you obsessed with the show right now? Whatever it is. And then they get to know the teacher a little bit better. And then the students respond. And then the teacher corrects, like I said, the next day. So the teacher is getting to know the students better. And then they'll have a connection because they have them in class. They'll be like, oh, I saw your response the other day about, you know, your trip coming up to Morocco. How fun. So it builds that. So that's amazing. Um, We also have an Instagram account, which... um, There's some community there, not quite as much as on Facebook, because on Facebook, people are really revealing a lot about themselves, but there is definitely some connection there as well. Um, We have social club uh, every month, we have an event. So every other month is virtual for, because we have students all over the country and a couple of students out of the country. Um, So 80% of our students though are based in San Diego. So we have an, an event every other month in San Diego, every other month that's virtual. So that's another opportunity um, to build community. And we also recently started um, a Patreon page and there's a challenge that students are doing right now. It's a 30 day challenge. And there is, have you ever heard of Telegram by chance, the app? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Telegram, for those of you that don't know, is very similar to WhatsApp, but um, I like it more. Anyway, so we use, we're using Telegram for this 30 day challenge. So during this time, people have an opportunity to leave voice messages or videos about whatever the challenges of the day. So we're always creating ways to do that. Um, Little communities, we have these Q&As sometimes where it's like, hey, do you want a Spanish buddy? Come here, come come to this Q&A thing. And 
um, and ask your questions about Spanish and then meet other students and maybe come up with a Spanish buddy that you can practice with outside of class. So we're always doing little things like that. Com the community aspect comes very easily to me because it's something that I love. So that part, I feel like we're constantly doing things for the community. And then all of our classes. I mean, we don't teach with books. Our classes are conversation-based. So everything you're doing in every single class is getting to know each other. So it's a really close-knit community. I love that. And that's like what you've created and you've done this for a long time is what I aspire to create with Her Money Club, right? From this community, oh, like conversation, awareness, and like, that's where it all starts for, I think, a lot of communities, but just businesses. Like, where is the value? It's in the community. It's in I agree. the experience of what mm -hmm. you're creating awareness around. So I love that. I completely, completely agree with you. Um, I want to shift it back to some of the money conversation in this mm -hmm. journey. So what at what point in your business was like the biggest leap from a financial lens and what do you think created that big leap for you? COVID, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> nice. And there's, I'll be honest, there's a little bit of guilt associated with it because I know that um, so many people passed away from COVID and it was such a tragic thing that happened. Um, and then all of a sudden my business is booming, you know, and there's a little bit of guilt that goes with it, but um, but I, you know, then I have to remember I, there was nothing that I could have done for these people. Um, so when COVID happened, um, the first month that March, we ended up making $8,000 the entire month to put it into perspective, payroll is about 40,000 and that's not including me and then the, all the other expenses. We still had three, um, three classrooms in North park. They're pretty expensive. Um, and all other kinds of, of, um, you know, things that we needed to pay for other bills that were coming. It was terrible. Everybody just ship, you know, jumped ship because of COVID. So the first three months were extremely tough. So in April is when we started the memberships. And in April is when we started, um, marketing with a professional marketer. I had been already working with um, a business coach and I was able to pivot very quickly to online classes. I'm very lucky because that was something that I could do. Other businesses couldn't necessarily do that. And we were able to do that very quickly. Um, and we also got the PPP loan, which helped us fund these things so that then we could, you know, get more clients and et cetera. People were home, they were quarantined, they were stuck. And we already had this online platform that we had developed before, although it wasn't very popular, but we had it before COVID. So we pivoted quickly. We got the PPP loan, hired a, a professional marketer and switched to memberships. And then three months later, lo and behold, we're doing better than ever. And within a year we had doubled our numbers and we'd been in business already 12 years before COVID. And in those 12 years, we were always growing. But it was, it was a slow growth. And this was like, boom. <laughs> I mean, it, it really took us by surprise. Wow. So yeah, that was the biggest jump. And by, by June, so March, April, May, yeah, the first three months we did terribly. By June, we were doing really well. And, we've, and it's been steadily, we've been doing steadily well since then. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you still have like the online portion and then in person, I'm assuming now that we're going back to in-person or you're just doing online? 
we're just doing online. Yeah. We haven't made a decision forever to, to stay out of the classroom. Um, but I do not see us going back this, this plat being online has worked out incredibly well for us. And we do have an in-person event every other month. So if the students want to meet and get to know each other, we do have that available. Um, we're also, we do trips every year this year, they're going to Spain in July, July, July. Um, next year, we want to do a trip to Baja for a week. Um, and probably Spain again. So there's there's opportunities. And people, if they live here and they're in a class together, I mean, they could, could certainly meet up and, you know, but I think we're gonna stay online. Yeah. yeah. Okay, last question, because this has been freaking gold. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is like two or three years in, like still trying to figure out what their secret sauce is and who, has like a deep, deep seated passion for the business and community that they're building. I did not know about, <laughs> this is going to sound so ridiculous. I don't know how I stayed in business for so long before three years ago. Um, I didn't know about sustainability when it came to a business. I had no idea. And I took this online course that I found, um, and she starts talking about, is your business sustainable or not? And I was like, huh, let's see. Is it? I, it never occurred to me. It literally never occurred to me to look, to sit down and look at that. All I kept thinking is like, we're not doing well right now. I need to make more money. Okay. I'm going to invent this so that we can make you know more money quickly. But I never really sat down to look at, is this business actually sustainable? And it wasn't after I took that course and I did the math, I was like, this, this is not sustainable. So I would say to anyone who is two or three years in, if they're struggling first, find out, is your business sustainable? Like literally, can you do this? Because it, the answer might be no. And if it's no, you're going to need to find a way to make it work. So that's number one, I would say, um, and honestly, the other things that I said earlier, which if you're going to hire people, be ridiculously picky, ridiculously picky and really hire good, good people because it, it's everything in my opinion. Um, creating a community is amazing. I think caring about what you do is great. Um, although not everyone has that type of business, you know, you can have a business that you're not in love with um, that brings you the money that you want to be able to live the life that you want, you know, so that's possible too. Um, yeah, I think the sustainability thing is really important. And then also hire people who are better at you, better than you at doing stuff, have them show you the way you don't have to struggle as I did. I did. I didn't. Everybody said, invest in yourself, invest in your business. And I was like, no, I don't have the money. If I had just gotten the business coach, you know, two, three years in, I think I could have been so much more successful more quickly than waiting 12 years. So yeah. I, I love the comment on sustainability. And in my journey, I failed at my first business because it was not sustainable. Right. Oh, but really? I was 23, didn't know any better, was like balls to the wall. Let's just go for it. And like, oh, right. And, you know, because of that, learned a lot of experience of failure along the way. But I agree. Like, what is it going to take to create sustainability? And even like, how do you define that? Right. Yes, financially, but 
even from a life perspective, are yes. you putting in so much time and energy that you're burning yourself out and now you are not sustainable in that endeavor. Um, but also like really what's the vision and what do you want that life by design to look like alongside of it? So I agree a hundred percent. And I think a lot of times when we're in business, we don't think about that. And, and I do believe that it's a compromise. I think that, you know, there's some years that you're going to have to work harder than others to build your business. It's just, you know, but once you've got the business and it's sustainable, then it's okay. What kind of life do I want to lead? And is this business going to allow me to do that? Yep. 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 Awesome. Um, I would love to share you with our audience. Where can people find you easily? What, how how do you want people to if they speak Spanish? It's very easy, but it's everything's in Spanish, but it's purabuenaonda.com, which is P-U-R-A-B-U-E-N-A-O-N-D-A.com. Um, that's the name of the school, and it means purely good vibes. Um, we're also on Facebook, and you can um, search for Pura Buena Onda. Um, on Instagram, it's the handle is at Pura Buena Onda. Um, Patreon, Pura Buena Onda, everything. YouTube, learn Spanish with Pura Buena Onda. Um, so we're pretty much everywhere, Love I would say. You're online, <laughs> so people from anywhere can join the membership mm-hmm. and learn Spanish through you that way. So I love it. Exactly. Thank you so much for your time today. I've thoroughly appreciated the conversation and just the permission slip, I think, that you're, you're bringing to the table. So thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel, and I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs>